0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is for you right now. For me, it is a Friday morning. Usually I do these on Saturday morning, but I have an empty house. It's just my youngest here. My two middle kids went to spend a week with my mother-in-law, which means a very quiet house, which is really good for podcasting. So I'm going to go break this one off a little bit early. Today, what I want to talk about is arachnophobia and the tarantula hobby. And what's kind of spurred this one is lately I've had Several folks comment on my videos, which I absolutely love, especially for folks who have been paying attention to how I kind of got into the hobby, basically saying that they watch my videos because it's helping them get over their fear of spiders and tarantulas, mostly spiders. The majority of people come in don't live in areas where there are tarantulas, so they're trying to get over their fear of house spiders, whether it be, you know, daddy long legs, jumping spiders garden spiders whatever it may be a fear of spiders so again I've explained many times and through podcasts and videos and stuff that I originally got my first tarantula back in the 90s partially because of the fact now I want to make this very clear because I've had people come in and go you bought a spider just because you're afraid of them no 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 no. I've always been fascinated with them I've talked about many times how in our household even growing up if we found a spider in the house it was always explained to me by my parents that they were good they weren't bad they shouldn't be feared, even though my mom was a huge arachnophobe, we would cup them. The whole cupping thing started when I was a little kid, we'd come in, I remember being in the bathtub once and screaming because it was a spider, and my dad came racing him with a cup, cupped the thing and put it in the basement and put it outside, so... We'd never been the type of family where it's like, ooh, spider, nasty, evil, squish it. It was never like that in my house, which I'm glad because although I grew up with a fear of them, at the same time, I grew up with a huge respect for them. And I I thank my dad for that mostly because my mom, you know, again, she wasn't running around killing them or anything, but she was so terrified of them. I don't think she could think clearly with them. My dad, on the other hand, had no fear of them whatsoever, would catch them. I remember coming in once with a garden spider in his hand, and it was the most amazing and terrifying thing i had ever seen in my life. So for me, I came back, I came into the hobby with a deep-rooted fear of spiders. One of my childhood memories that really sticks with me is we had a raised ranch house with a basement that at the time we had a a bedroom down there that we kind of used for storage and we had our garage slash storage area. Now again, we had like a hobby farm, so there were always animals in that garage like baby goats, chickens, we might have had a hawk once, long story there. But anyways, my dad would send me down there to get stuff. Sometimes it was his beer, whatever it may be. We were not a very high-class family. And the hallway was completely overrun by Daddy Longlegs. Like, the entire hallway up top... When you walk down the stairs, now again, I was a little kid, so it seemed like that hallway, looking back at it, seemed so huge. Those things probably weren't that far above my head, but it was all completely overrun by Daddy long legs. I don't know why my parents ever cleaned it out or anything. It was later on, they turned that downstairs room into their bedroom, so they did clean it out. But for many years, that was the spider hallway. And I remember walking down that hallway, trying not to touch anything, thinking any moment now a spider was going to drop down on my head on my neck I could feel them on me and I remember that caused like huge childhood trauma for me it's it's sad and as funny as it may sound because it was every time I was like boy I need you to run downstairs and grab me something I'm like oh my gosh no the spider hallway and so that it kind of started there and then I remember my parents again cleaned up that room one day And finally decided to use it as their bedroom. We had another kid. I think we had my brother. And we moved my sister into another room. My brother, whatever. Nobody needs the parent details. But they would take that bottom basement room as their room. And I remember that was the only room in the house that had air conditioning in the summer. We had one big air conditioner in that. So on the really hot nights, we'd come sleep down on their floor. And I remember waking up one morning... And it was like early, early in the morning and feeling something on me like, what the heck is this? And I picked it up and it was a jumping spider and it would have been crawling on me and I couldn't get back to sleep after that. A little jumping spider. Now, fast forward many years and I had the jumping spiders on my table mating. So that's how far I've come since then. So again, we grew up on a farm. We had animals. There were barns. There were spiders everywhere in the barns. My biggest fear as a kid were the ones we called garden spiders, the large black. We get them in Connecticut. They're like, you know, in our minds, when you're scared of spiders, they look like they're like six inches across. They're probably two and a half, three inches, but they're just big, big spiders. I remember that was always my fear of seeing a garden spider. And a buddy of mine, my best friend from high school, Tony, We took a job working for a contractor and we were doing some site work cleaning up an area where we were working. And I remember looking over once and Tony was standing there talking to me and he had a rake in his hand. And I remember looking at the handle of the rake and there on the handle was this huge spider and it was starting to climb up the handle toward his hand. Now, Tony's telling me a story and it just so happened the story was kind of one that was a little shocking. So I guess my expression. Probably conveyed what he was expecting to see. You know, I re- reciprocated with the appropriate look. However, it wasn't horror over the story he was telling me. It was horror over the fact that the spider was inching closer and closer to his hand. And I was so terrified with the whole thing, putting myself in that situation like, oh my gosh, if that was my hand, I couldn't even speak. So next thing I know it, Tony slides his hand down and puts his pinky right on top of the spider. And I scream. And Tony looks down at the spider and he screams. And Tony and I, you know, we were, back in the day, you know, we we worked hard, we were in good shape, we, we, he was my weightlifting pal and everything, so, you know, good sized guys or whatever, and the guy we worked for, God bless him, Jim, he was a really nice guy, skinny dude was laughing I was like look at you guys all your muscles and you're screaming over a little spider but we really lost it it was sad like I was almost hyperventilating that's how bad my arachnophobia was so when I decided when Billy and I moved out I had always been fascinated by tarantulas I had always been fascinated by reptiles and snakes I love and again I love the furry animals too because I've had some people go why don't you like dogs I adore my dogs you're like my children but I've always had a, a place in my heart for the, the creepy crawly animals. They just fascinate me. They're not, I grew up with farm animals, with furry mammals. I, it's my comfort zone. I like things that put me out of my comfort zone. So I got my first tarantula in part because I was sick of being scared of spiders. And I've talked to a lot of people lately who have gotten into the hobby for the exact same reason. And again, I want to point out they also are fascinated by them. There's a key there. I'm not getting a spider going, I hate these animals. They're disgusting. I think we should burn them all, but I'm going to use this one to try to get over my fear. It's nothing like that. I had a healthy respect and a fascination with them to begin with. I, I was always fascinated by them, always found them to be amazing animals. It was never, but I was terrified of them at the same time. It's like uh, sharks. I grew up when Jaws was popular, that movie, and I'm a huge horror movie buff, and I'll tell you, no movie has uh, created such a lasting impact on me than Jaws because to this day when I get in water and I can't feel the bottom, I'm assuming a shark's going to come up and eat me. So again, there's things I can be afraid of something and still respect and like it or be fascinated by it so it was that way with spiders so part of it was due to the fact it wasn't just oh my gosh i'm gonna move out and get a spider to get over my arachnophobia and it was just a tool for that i was also fascinated with them and really wanted one of these things and so again i've told the story many times so i won't bore people with it but i went to a uh, marine's house picked up my first my g rosea and brought her home and i remember just putting setting her up it was back in the day it was on everything was on vermiculite I bought one of those hollowed half coconut shells for a hide for her, which she never used and was probably a ridiculous hide anyway. I, although at the time people were doing, I think originally I set her up, I put a, a water dish in there, put the sponge in, but luckily I read some good information that said you take the sponge out. So anybody that's, you know, done this before, I've been there. And so I had the sponge in with her at first, but then took the sponge out because I thought I they don't drink out of their fangs. Their fangs are used to inject because I think a lot of people think their fangs are straws and that they use it. I've had people tell me, well, they can't drink otherwise because they have to put their fangs in it and suck the blood out. It's like they're vampires or something. So took the eventually took that out. But that was her setup in a, a Sterilite shoebox, the old Sterilite shoebox. I remember... We had this tiny little apartment and I would take her out and just put her on the dinner table and would take the top off and I'd drop a cricket in and watch her go at that cricket and it was just the most amazing thing while at the same time the most terrifying thing because here is probably my biggest fear right in front of me realized and about four inches across as opposed to the little ones we had around the house. So it... It obviously worked. It took years. I am over my fear of both tarantulas and spiders, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. But I think a lot of people come into the hobby with the same idea, that, you know what, I'm terrified of them, but at the same time, I'm fascinated by them. So getting a tarantula is going to help. And so I want to share kind of what I went through with these guys, because I don't think... For some people, it happens very, very quickly. And I think it depends on the degree that you're afraid of spiders it's a the degree of arachnophobia you have I think is an important factor going in so for example I was at the point where I could look pic- at pictures of them although it kind of freaked me out a little bit my mother on the other hand is a little bit worse than I am she doesn't even want it like she even sees a picture of a spider out of the corner of her eye, she freaks out gets all sweaty and panicky so I think that's an important factor I also think the experiences you have with them early on can really determine how well it goes as far as getting over the fear and I will explain what my process or what my thought process is behind that so for example you get somebody that decides they're going to get into the hobby they pick up a sling they see the sling I mean when you see slings they look like little house spiders little spiders you'd have around your house at first and I think those sometimes are scarier to people than the actual large spiders and I know it's tough for people to have no fear of spiders like I don't understand how that's possible for some people seeing the big, giant, huge, hairy spider, it kind of transcends being a spider and doesn't, come across as frightening to them so for example they see a g rosea sure it's in the shape of a spider but it doesn't really register as one of those you know quote-unquote creepy little buggers you have hiding around your house that scramble out and it's just a different view and i've had a lot of people that have used tarantulas to try to get over their fear of spiders have found that they're no longer scared of tarantulas but house spiders still terrify the heck out of them and i've many people have said this and i will tell you Even after I was totally used to working with tarantulas, it took me a little while to get over my fear of just normal um, spiders, the true spiders, for example. So I do think a big part of it is the experiences you have... Early on with the animal, so I tell the story a lot how I got my spider with full intents to handle. At that time, I thought that was part of being a hobbyist. Everything I had read to talk about handling, I had seen people handle. I, when I was a kid in elementary school, I think it was around fifth grade, we had people come in to show us animals, and one of the kids got selected. Kelly, her name was, I'll never forget. It got selected to walk around with the G. Rosea in her hand, which was very dangerous for the tarantula. But as a uh, young boy, that was a very profound moment for me to actually see one that close and not caged up. So so when I purchased the spider, I went in with the full intent of handling and unfortunately I had read what a lot of people read is when they find out this certain species are quote unquote friendly they just assume every one of them is friendly and that's obviously not the case so I'd read a lot about the time of oh, G. rosea they love being handled you can pick them up you can you know flip them around whatever all this stuff about handling them this was before it came out that you know there was G. rosea and the color form uh, g porter it sounds like they're going to be mixed into one so mine would be probably the porteri now if they're two different species but it sounds like they're just going to be different color forms of the same species, but the porteri tend to be a little more laid back, supposedly the rosé are a little smaller, a little more high strung, and people have reported very cranky porteris, I have one that's actually a sweetheart, she's got a good feeding response, but I've never gotten a threat pose or anything like that from her, I have other people that tell me they have ones that are flat out vicious, so that was obviously something I went in with misinformation. I think a lot of people that come into the hobby, I get a lot of emails about handling, hey, I saw your thing on P. May, is this a good one to handle? No, and I have to kind of go into my whole handling spiel about, you know, it's it depends on the individual spider, you can have some that supposedly are very tractable species, but you get the individuals can be nasty. Anyway, So I went to handle her, I sat her on the floor, I got my little paintbrush, I took my hand, I put it down in her enclosure, I went down and went to tap her bum to get her into my hand, and she turned around and latched onto the paintbrush, and I flat out passed out, and that incident right there could have cost me everything because honestly, and this is where people talk about handling and some of the things, you know, I've argued that there are some good things that can come from handling. And I think for some of us, especially those of us who are arachnophobic, that first moment you handle one and you're not terrified, it's, you can't explain how profound it is to somebody that hasn't come from a fear of spiders. It's, it's like, I did it. I faced my fear. It's in my hand. I'm not freaking out. I'm not throwing it. I'm not flipping around. However, conversely, if you get it in your hand and the spider decides to latch on or I had somebody tell me they were holding the spider and it sounds like what happened was the spider started to slip or it felt like that it was losing its grip and what they will do sometimes when that happens is they use their fangs to kind of grip better and that happened she got scratched she freaked out almost through the spider and that set her back a huge amount so I think going into it if you're somebody that's coming into the hobby with a fear of spiders, I think for many of us, your goal is to eventually handle. You'll read all the stuff about handling, you'll read people, you know, they'll tell you that they get nothing out of it. And again, I've done my whole podcast on handling and my whole article on handling before. I'm not going to get into a big deal. Obviously, I'm a little more open with it than some, uh, open to it than some people. But I think for a lot of us, that's the big goal and we're not going to be dissuaded. I know even by the time I went to handle mine, I had already decided that I wasn't Going like this is way later on when I had what was then the Ulathless Species Red, with now Homeoma Chilensis there. Get it out of the way because I'm going to say the wrong name anyway. But even with that one, I had known at that point, I had decided at that point as a hobbyist, I wasn't going to be doing a lot of handling. I'd read more, realized it wasn't necessary, realized that the majority of hobbyists that have been in it a long time do not encourage it, do not want you to handle And I decided, all right, it, it made valid arguments. However, it was important to me and people can go ahead and say, well, that's not benefiting the spider that's benefiting you. Well... Yep, that's true. It was benefiting me, but I did need to get it out of my system and handle one. So the second time I did it, it was with my Ulethless, then Ulathless species, my H. talensis, and it was huge. It was having that spider cry, climb in my hand, and at one point, I accidentally breathed on her, and she kind of scuttled up my arm very quickly, where, you know, if that had happened even two years before, I would have freaked out, but it was like, oh, well, I put my hand in the way, she climbed on my other hand, we're totally good. And I got it out of my system and I was able to prove I could do it. And that was like a huge, like doors opening as far as my fear of them, because I'll tell you, I got my first slings years ago. And the first time that I remember the first one I rehoused was an L para Hibana sling, probably about three quarters of an inch long. And I popped open the top. I treated this thing with all the caution you would treat like, God, I don't know, a Wolverine. It was ridiculous how careful I was. And again, part of it's, you get into the hobby, part of it is just, it takes you a while to get down your rehousings to figure out what they're capable of, to figure out the fact that, yes, they can move quickly, but you can kind of predict where they're going to move to at most times, the fact that they're most of them aren't going to come charging out of the vials, although I've had that happen, so everything was, I, I handled it with such care that if I had recorded this and put it up on YouTube, I would have been humiliated by it years down the line, because it was obvious, I, this wasn't just being cautious, I was terrified of the animal. And then the little LP at one point, I got it out, and I like, I'd read about how you just, you poke them in the bum, and they just kind of move along. Well, I poked it in the bum, and it ran all the way around, ran up onto the brush for a minute, and I almost threw the brush and then ran back down. That's how scared I was on it. So part of the problem was the baby the baby slings the spiderlings look a lot like the house spiders that I've been terrified of for years or the you know grass spiders or the little the true spiders that I find around here so it wasn't like dealing with a big tarantula that was like oh my gosh she's so big but you're kind of looking at it like a fuzzy animal this was a spider spider so i look back at that and i was terrified of these my first rehousing when i had to rehouse that one I was sweating profusely, my hand was shaking at one point, that's how bad off I was and it wasn't just due to nervousness because it was my first real rehousing. It was because of the fact that I was still terrified of spiders. So first thing I got to tell people that are getting into the hobby that depending on the level you're at, it's going to take you a while to get over that fear. It's not going to be instantaneous. A lot of it, I think it was an immersion therapy. Is that what they call it? I believe it's immersion therapy where they figure out what you're afraid of, they figure out you know, what level you're at, and then the idea is to slowly like, be exposed to that which you're afraid of. So if it's snakes, they bring a snake in, you're just in the room with the snake, and then the idea is to eventually work up to holding the snake. Now, I had no idea what immersion therapy was when I first got into tarantulas, but looking back at how I progressed through the hobby and how I got over my fear, it was very much immersion therapy because what happens is you get that first sling freaks you out you you see it this is a spider oh my gosh I can't believe I bought a spider you do your rehousing you get it it's sitting on a, a wall or on a shelf in its enclosure it's relatively safe well then what happens in the hobby is you get addicted you realize hey I'm waiting for these guys to grow up these are both in pre molt. I'm not able to do anything with them right now I can't feed them I'm kind of bored so you know what I'll pick up a couple more so you pick up a couple more spiders and then you do it again and then you pick up some more so next thing you know what you have you know say a lot of us very quickly have 10 to 20 spiders we'll have a lot of us will go out and buy a couple of adults so now you have bigger versions because we get sick of looking at the small ones and i'm sure some people are shaking their heads like this is how i did it we all do it we get the slings because we want to grow with them then we get sick of waiting for the slings to grow then we go you know what i'm just going to jump the gun and buy a couple sub-adults some sex females we get those in there a lot of us eventually turn around go back to the slings anyway but we we end up with a pretty diverse collection early on with slings of different sizes some adults now you're forced to play with them even more. Now you have to, you know, a lot of us when we first start off, we're not used to the fact that they don't have to eat as often as other animals. So we tend to be fiddling with them more and taking them down more, feeding them more, making sure the, you know, the ones that require some extra moisture, the substrates kept moist. So as you're doing that, you're actually interacting with the animals. Granted, they're in enclosures, but you're interacting with them. And I think that's where it started to help for me, where just the first step was dealing with them in their enclosures. The second step where things can get a little hairy is when you go to, well, I've had some people say feeding them scares the heck out of them because I will tell you, and I still do this, when I'm feeding one, when I drop a cricket in and there's a tarantula sitting there and it looks like it's in standby mode when they're like just kind of, they're not sleeping but they're not really aware of what's going on and I drop a cricket in. I sometimes try to force myself to stare at the spider because that moment where it finally leaps and grabs a cricket always startles me. And I've had people tell me like, yeah, I do great with them, but I can't watch the feedings. I have to drop the cricket in and walk away because it freaks me out when I see those fangs come out. So that's completely understandable and something you kind of work around. But the other spot where you have to have that close contact with them, where this this is a spot that can make or break some people is the rehousings. Because again, we talk about the fact that Somebody trying to get over their fear of it, it really does depend on how smooth of a ride they have with their tarantulas. If everything goes well, rehousings go well, they don't get a lot of threat poses, they don't have something bolt out of the enclosure, then they allow to, like, they're able to make progress as they go along they're they're getting more and more desensitized to them however you take the same person same collection goes to rehouse and one of them bolts and it's underneath their dinner table or for god forbid goes over their hand or their arm that can be a huge setback me trying to handle that tarantula if that tarantula had bitten me that would have been an enormous setback for me so people that are against handling that's one of the things they point to is that if you're handling them and they bite you that's going to put the tarantula in danger. It's going to put you in danger. Now imagine the tarantula bite you and you already have a fear of it. I'm not going to want to go anywhere near that thing after that. So that could have been, you know, as it was, I didn't try handling again for many, 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 many years afterwards. might have been over a decade. Never tried handling again because I had learned my lesson with that one. But I do think part of it is going to be having smooth rehousing smooth transitions so you want to make sure you really prepare well go overboard i I hear people and i I hear people get made fun of sometimes that they go on sites and they say yeah i've got this huge enclosure i remember one guy built this basically it was a huge plastic box that had the gloves that were mounted in it so you put your hands in these two holes in the side of the box and they went into these big thick gloves so you could work with the gloves kind of like something out of a sci-fi flick where they're working with some type of alien species and they're trying to keep their hands from getting in contact so the thing's completely contained and a couple people made fun of them and when you get used to working with them it does come across as kind of silly and overboard so i get it to a point but if it makes that person feel safer, it, I think a lot of people, they use something like that. They, you know, create this huge setup to do the rehousings because they're terrified of them. And then when the rehousing goes smoothly, they kind of look back in and go, maybe that was a little overboard. Maybe I can do it with a little bit less next time. I think a lot of us start off that way. Everybody's rehousing. I mean, I'm sure there's people, and we always get this when people come on, Yeah, I took my first one, I just picked it up and put it. In. Great. That's fantastic for you. Obviously, this one isn't for you. But for a lot of us, even people who aren't scared of spiders, those first rehousings can be the source of, uh, the sources of a lot of stress so I think making sure the rehousing goes well is incredibly important you want to set up what you need to but do feel free to reach out to people like I the big one with the gloves tends to be a big one a lot of people want to use the like uh, pierce proof what is it the uh, puncture proof gloves for tarantulas and I think with rehab, you really need to have nimble fingers. You really, the chances of the thing really flying up and biting you are are very slim if you're doing things correctly. If you've watched videos, if you've seen people demonstrate, if you're using the cup method, it really shouldn't be an issue. So, and in most people, if it's your first spider, you shouldn't be digging out a you know, potentially defensive fossorial. Anyway, I'll throw that out there. So the gloves are kind of, can be put aside. But I think for many folks, that first rehousing is the first benchmark for your arachnophobia to see where it's at. Because now you're taking the tarantula is totally unfettered. It's out of its enclosure. It's uncaged. And now you have the opportunity for things to happen. So I think first step, obviously getting the spider and putting, you know, you buy your spider, you have to get into the enclosure, that's always hectic, but after that, you kind of get, you get comfortable, they're in their cages, and you're kind of, again, that immersion therapy, you're around them, you're taking the cage off the shelf, you're popping it open, you're carefully dropping the prey at them in, you're watching, you're not watching, whatever it may be, and then you're putting it back on the shelf, so there's some protection there. Doing the rehousing—that's when the you know all bets are off. You don't have that protection. You actually are going to have at some point a spider that is probably loose, and that's going to be a big indicator of how well you're doing as far as your arachnophobia. So I will say the first couple rehousings I did, I was terrified. I got a Pselapheria species of P. vitata very early on, and I remember the first one, the first time we rehoused that was my first old world. That was another whole, you know, scare. But at that point, it was less that, oh my gosh, this is a spider and more that, oh my gosh, this is a spider that if it decides to bite me, I'm going to be in a world of hurt. So there was a difference there. So again, for the arachnophobes, the people getting in the hobby, that's going to be your first. Trial, you know, your baptism by fire is that first rehousing, and so I would encourage you, you know, look to see how to do the rehousing. You want this to go as smoothly as possible. You want to walk away and go, wow, that was a lot of stress over nothing. If you can have an extra set of hands or two there to help you out, it's always, if something does go wrong, it's always best and prudent to have a second person there. I know with my videos now, Billy tapes them, but we always have the rule. That if anything should go wrong, she drops the camera immediately and helps me. And this has only happened a couple times, but you know what? She's also there for a second set of eyes. So I would encourage anybody that's scared of spiders, your first rehousing, have a big container that gives you some room. Use the bathtub method. A lot of people like the bathtub method. I, I It's not for me, but I definitely recognize that it works for a lot of people. So that's something to look into. Unfortunately, I don't demonstrate that in any of my videos, but that is something to look into as well because you have a lot of extra space to work the spider if you moisten down the bathtub first that's another trick don't just think you they can climb your bathtub they can shoot right out but if you take the little you know spray thing and wet down the side it makes it a little more difficult for them have a second person there that can be, you know, a second set of eyes and also moral support because you want this to be, you know, you don't want this to get out of hand. You don't want this to be something that goes so poorly that it becomes a source of stress the next time because that's going to be counterproductive for you overcoming your fear of spiders if every time you have to do a rehouse, you're terrified of them. So have somebody there, preferably somebody who's not scared of them. That's another big deal. If you are going to rehouse your spider for the first time and you bring over your friend Chloe who is also highly arachnophobic phobic. That's probably not going to work. It's you guys are just going to, you know, feed off each other's negative scared energy. So try to get somebody there that's not as scared of them. That helps a great deal. And then when that first one's done, take a deep breath, relax, have an adult beverage and just Talk to yourself, realize, hey, I did this, I pulled this off, I took a spider, I started to face my fears. Again, I think those rehousings, the first couple of rehousings are huge in getting over it. Now, for those of you who, again, who are getting in to get over their fears, I do hope some of you will chime in with how long it took you to get over your fear of spiders, because that's one of the things we'll talk about in a minute, is the fact that it can take a long time. I think a lot of people get worried when they're in the hobby for a year or so, and they're still like. They'll get to a point where they think they're in good shape and then the spider will, during a rehousing, will bolt a little bit and then, you know, next thing you know, they feel those old emotions coming back, that fear coming back up. And I've had several people over the course of the years ask me, how long did it take you to get over your fear? How long until you felt like you were completely over it? And I think it differs from person to person. You know, I've talked to some people. I talked to one woman who had been keeping them for 10 years, and she said it took probably about that long for her to finally get to the point where she realized, oh my gosh, I'm really not scared of them anymore. For me, it was probably... And, and this is a tricky one to answer, because we 're going to talk about in a second the fact that getting over tarantulas doesn 't necessarily mean you get over your fear of true spiders, and for me, it was kind of like that for a while. So I would say within about two years, three years, I was probably over my fear of tarantulas completely to the point where I remember one of my slings went the bolt, and I instinctively stuck my hand out to keep it from going you know getting out of the enclosure. And got it back in, put the cap on. Realized, oh my gosh, I never would have done that a few years ago. So it was, it's tough to tell because it it was a slow process. It wasn't like one day I got up and went, hey, I'm I'm not afraid of them anymore. It's it's just a desensitization to them. It's you start realize that when I started looking at them in their enclosures, and I and and part of this is sad in a way for me. I used to get this feeling of just awe when I would look, and I'm like, wow, look at that, it's a big giant spider, and it would be partly like, my God, it's a beautiful, it's fascinating, it's amazing, but there was that little twinge of fear there, and then I realized, after a while, I was looking at them, and that fear was gone. I almost miss it, because it was like... I don't. I, it's it's hard to explain I'm hoping people that have gone through this can understand what I'm trying to articulate here but that thrill of looking at one that thing that gave you the adrenaline kind of sapped away but that's a good thing that means you're not scared of them anymore they're becoming more commonplace it's becoming more mundane to deal with one which is exactly what you want so for me it was probably around the two and a half three year mark where I got over my fear of tarantulas unfortunately what came to light very quickly was that did not extend itself to true spiders now for people with no arachnophobia this is going to sound quite odd because you would think if you could get over the, your fear of the largest spiders on earth then the little ones shouldn't be a big deal but i can't tell you how many people I talk to and the comment on my videos, yeah, I have no fear of tarantulas whatsoever, but my gosh, I had a jumping spider on me the other day and I freaked. It doesn't necessarily extend towards spiders. And that's something you need to be aware of when you get into the hobby to get over your fear of spiders, that the tarantula part's gonna come rather quickly, but you're gonna see tarantulas almost as different animals than true spiders. You're gonna see them as different creatures. You're gonna be desensitized, you're not gonna be as afraid of them anymore. But then next thing you know it, you're gonna find a daddy long legs crawling near you and you're gonna freak out, or a garden spider, or a grass spider, or a wolf spider. It doesn't necessarily extend to true spiders. And that was the case where I was outside in my yard and I was doing some yard work and I looked down and there was a spider on the back of my arm, I think a little grass spider, and I immediately freaked. I quickly flicked it off onto something else and my heart was racing and I was sweating. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I'm still scared of him. And it was a really, it was a rough moment because I had felt so confident with the tarantulas that I just assumed it would extend toward the true spiders, and that's not the case, so for people trying to get over their fear of tarantulas, please understand that there's going to be, for many of us, I can't speak for everybody, and I'm I'm sure there's some people out there, and again, I do hope I'm going to throw this one up on Facebook and encourage people to chime in, because what what I end up doing is I can point people in the direction of these Facebook comments that have you know, questions about the video, or what did other people think, or whatever, it'd be a good place to have just a bunch of people chiming in on how they got over their fear of them, but as far as many are concerned, it's, it takes a little while to get over the fear of bolt. so expect that if you get into tarantulas to get over your fear of spiders, that you're going to get over the fear of tarantulas very, you know, some people get over it very quickly, I've had people tell me, you know, within a year, they were fine, they were picking up slings, and throwing them around, and putting them in enclosures, and hand, whatever it may be, I've had other people that say they've, it's taken them a lot longer to get over their fear of actual spiders. I was one of those, the fear of actual spiders came quite later, or getting rid of that fear came quite later, later. And there are others I talked to that have no fear of tarantulas whatsoever, but are still terrified of the regular, you know, true spiders. In that case, I would probably encourage people to start keeping true spiders to try to get over that fear because obviously there's some type of disconnect in the brain that 's not seeing a tarantula and a true spider as basically the same thing it's seeing a, over here we 've got tarantulas those are big furry cuddly we 're not afraid of them at all over here we have i, I often hear the little sharp spiders that 's how they 're described the little sharp spiders that those unfortunately are still tar- terrifying to me so in that case, if you're someone that finds yourself in that situation where you've been keeping tarantulas, you're keeping slings. I think that's an important part of it as well, and that's what helped me get over it. Is I always looked at the slings as kind of like true. They look like little true spiders, I maybe mean, little spiders you'd find, you know, in your attic or your basement or out in the lawn. It, that helps desensitize you to the true spiders as well. So if you're just keeping large specimens, and I have spoken to people that. Yeah, I keep a lot of large specimens, but the slings really freak me out. Then I think your next trick is to probably start keeping the slings to get you over the fear of the smaller spiders. And again, I want to point out that getting over your fear of spiders doesn't necessarily mean that if you find someday that you're, you know, in your basement and you feel one crawling on you, that it's not reasonable for you to freak out a little bit. Because bottom line, some of the spiders we have, the local spiders, if they bite you, it's going to be, you know, unpleasant. And nobody wants to get bit by them. And I think anyone having a spider climbing on them, even if they didn't have a fear of them to begin with, it's not a pleasant experience. So I've had people, I had one woman contact me and said, you know what, I, comp- I thought I was completely over my fear of them. But the other day we were doing some cleaning in the attic and I felt something on my neck and I picked it off. It was a spider and I screamed. And then I realized, oh no, my fear's back. Not necessarily. I mean, I've I have no fear of snakes whatsoever. We had at one point 40 snakes. I, I love the animals. I'd, hand, you know, obviously handled the snakes and everything. No problem there. But when Billy and I are out walking, all of a sudden a snake slithers across my path, I can still get startled by them. I'm not expecting it. If I'm, you know, I have no fear of spiders now. Again, I was down in my basement the other day. We take all the spiders we find in the house, throw them down in the basement. We have, um, Dolomites tenebrosius, I believe it is, the fishing spiders around here. We had a female have babies several years back on our back porch, and now I get a bunch of them. I find the exoskeletons in my basement. I love these guys, they are huge. And when I go down, I went down the basement the other day, I went to go grab a bottle of wine that I had down there and I picked it up and a spider ran across my hand. I was like, it startled me for a second. But then I just calmly brushed the spider off. So that doesn't mean I'm terrified of spiders now. It's just getting startled. There's a difference. Now, if the spider runs across your hand and you get the cold sweats and you scream and you drop the bottle of wine and you run upstairs and you're having a panic attack, yeah, you're probably not over it. But to get startled by them does not mean that you're afraid of them. That's a totally different thing. So I think there's some things realistically that you need to consider if you're going getting into the hobby to get over a fear of spiders and I think again to encapsulate number one just because you get over your fear of tarantulas doesn't mean it's going to extend to true spiders that's something to know number two it can take a while depending on your experiences if you pick up tarantulas you pick up slings everything goes smoothly I had a lot of good luck with my transitions with my rehousings and so I think it didn't take me as long as it might take somebody who goes to rehouse their first tarantula and has it bolt on them that can really kick up the anxiety now you're adding true anxiety something you really should should be anxious about to rational anxiety you're giving substance to your irrational anxiety your rational anxiety is like i'm afraid of this but i really don't have a reason why if something goes wrong during a rehousing and you have a spider bolt under your table or up your arm now you've you've got your reason why so that's not a good thing so again it's very important that you try to really do your research and this is why i really try to encourage people that are getting into the hobby partially to get over their fear of it really do your research, you're not one that wants to fly by the seat of your pants, and and that's probably the best piece of advice I can give, do research, watch a lot of videos, apparently that works, I know I watched a lot of videos, before I got into them, I was watching tons, anybody that did a rehousing, I was watching rehousings, I remember John 3600, I think, who was my original favorite person to watch, only because he was so laid back and not pretentious, and you can tell he generally genuinely loved the animals, and I know the guy gets a lot of gruff lately, and it really kind of irritates me, because he's he was doing this YouTube thing before it was even popular, and before a lot of this information was out, so people would go back and watch his old videos and go, you should never keep them like that, we know better, well, it, so does John now, but loved watching, he was just calm, and things would happen, he'd get threat posts or whatever, he'd keep his cool, and that really helped a lot getting over my fears watching those videos, so now to know people are going on watching my videos to get over it. That's amazing, so if you're getting, you know, if you're going to get into it, do your research, it's going to behoove you to know what you're getting into, watch ones that go wrong, I know that seems like it would be counterproductive, like, oh, this is going to give substance again to my irrational anxiety, but no, you're preparing, what happens when the thing bolts, what's the worst case scenario, a lot of them you see, there's some giggling, oh, look it, it's on the wall, and they cup it on the wall, they get it back in, watch those videos. If you're looking at a certain species, watch as many videos on that species as you can to just kind of, it's not going to take the place of you actually doing it yourself. Let's make that very clear. I've had people go, oh, I've watched a lot of videos, I'm ready. You're not ready until you've actually done it. Trust me on that one. I can honestly say that. Obviously, there's gotta be a point you have to start somewhere. So I, you know, people say, you, you can't just get experience from watching videos, but there is a point where you have to sit down and actually get the experience. You have to see what you're going to do if something goes wrong. But if you're mentally prepared for it, if you have something set up, I have a huge plastic bin I've used since the beginning to rehouse. I put little paper towels in the sides, so case Somebody bolts, they hide under the piece of paper towel, crumpled up paper towel you can set things up to make it less likely that the tarantula is going to bolt and less likely that you're going to have a negative experience that is going to add to your fear of them rather than take away from it. If you're looking to handle take your time, watch people, watch. I don't do any handling videos per se. There's one where my h 2 that I did recently, that's the only one that ends up in my hand every time I open the enclosure, but I don't do a lot of handling videos, but I know there's a lot of folks out there that will do handling videos and show you the, the correct way to do it, the safe way, so you're not putting yourself at risk or the spider at risk how to check for temperament, so you're not sticking your hand in there, the biggest issue with spiders, and what happened with mine when I tried to handle her, is they have a good feeding response, so if you go and touch their feet, and they're in standby mode, their thought isn't some big human's going to come down there and try to hold me, their thought is there is a prey in them, so they latch at, uh, lash out at it, and that's what happened with mine, so you want to make sure you can test that, and then if you're going to handle, do it safely, and recognize it's a dual-edged sword, because one edge you could have a great handling experience and this could be the thing that really that profound experience that shows you, hey, I'm, I'm doing it, I'm getting over it. On the other hand, conversely, you can have a situation where the spider bolts, where the spider falls, God forbid, the spider should bite you, and that's going to set you back a long, long time. It almost happened to me, and that experience almost set me back a great deal. Like I didn't even want to open the top of that enclosure for a couple days because I was so panicked over what had happened. So it's important to note that you, if you're going to handle, do it safely and don't push it. And I'm going to throw this out there. For some people, it's not necessary at all. If you don't ever get to the point, maybe you get to the point where you can work around them and you're not getting that fear, but you don't necessarily feel like you want to handle them, that's totally okay. A lot of people go through the hobby never having handled one. We, we talk about the running joke is it's like keeping fish. You don't bring people over your house and go, oh, there's my Oscar and, and scoop it out of the tank and handle it. So you kind of treat them the same way. that's totally okay. Whatever's okay with you, whatever's going to keep you on that right track to get away from that rational fear. that's the course you want to take. So some tips for people that are trying to get over them I, I hope that helps. I feel bad for people that are listening to this podcast that have no fear they're sitting there. What's wrong with these people. But I do think it, our hobby does attract a large proportion. a lot of a lot of people that get into this hobby are coming from a place where they have a fear of spiders and they see tarantulas as the gateway of getting over it. And I think that's a really cool thing. And everybody that, you know, I just got an email this morning and it's one of the things Is like, all right, I'm doing this topic now. Somebody saying, Hey, I just want to thank you so much for your videos. I watch them all the time. I haven't got my first tarantula yet. I'm working up the courage to, but they are helping me get over my fear. That is just enormous for me because I was there. I did that. I watched those videos by John thirty six hundred. Um, what was the other one? The tarantula guy there. I watched his for a while. Basically any videos I I found, you know. The tarantula rehouses go wrong. I watch what happened for me. A lot of it was going through the tarantula rehouses go wrong and figuring out why they went wrong. So in some cases, it was well, you ding dong, you shouldn't have poked it in the butt when you could have just put it in a cup, put it in the cup and moved it over. So it was I was able to look at the situations go. Really, if you prepare in most circumstances, it should go pretty well. When you watch a video where it turns into a big debacle because the people are screwing around for the camera, that's something you can take away knowledge from. That you can take away some encouragement that hey. I'm not going to do that. I mean, obviously, I didn't tape my first 100 free houses. It was only after I started feeling more confident that I got, you know, the kids in there with the camera. Originally, it was my kids doing it, and then Billy with the camera to show how they're done. But... It's going to take time and that's the biggest thing I can you know don't expect it to happen overnight for some people that have a lesser degree of arachnophobia it'll probably happen sooner than later for those of you that have really bad arachnophobia it's going to take time start off by desensitizing yourself by looking at pictures and watching the videos when you get a when you pick your first species I would encourage you to start with a sling to start off and get one of the ones that's considered beginner friendly don't jump in the deep end because that's the other thing I've had people go yeah I want to get over my fear of spiders I saw this cobalt blue it was beautiful so I picked it up not the way to start out you want to learn you know have those stress free rehousing start with a an animal that doesn't have huge care requirements one that you're going to see a lot part of getting over it is going to be seeing it and then you know prepare for those rehousings try to have somebody there with you that's not scared of spiders when you do it for kind of encouragement and moral support and then if you do handle, do it safely and don't push it. If you open that enclosure and you go to your, your, it's handling day, you've decided to do it and you start feeling that anxiety go out, just close the enclosure. There's nothing telling you you have to do it that day. There's nothing telling you you have to do it at all. And always keep in mind that, again, a lot of times the handlings go well. If it does go wrong, that's going to set you back worse than anything. That's going to be the most counterproductive thing you could possibly do. So be very, very careful if you're, you know measuring stick for how well you've gotten over your fear is handling because it's it could be something that backfires on you just something to have in mind and then if you're doing it to get over your fear of all spiders please keep in mind that it can sometimes take a lot longer to get over true spiders that n- getting over tarantulas doesn't necessarily mean you get over your fear of true spiders and that's something you know it took me a while to get over i don't know how long it was finally before i was over true spiders it probably took about five or six years or so when i felt like finally overall spiders just didn't scare me at all again if we one's crawling on me it's like oh it's crawling on me I, I get it off I don't want to get bit by it but it's not a fear anymore but it took a while so be aware of that too that it's not going to be just because now you can sit there and pick up your you know and handle your H. chalensis with no issues and not get scared doesn't mean that the little garden spider runs over your leg isn't going to send you screaming that's totally normal could take some extra time all right, so I think that about covers it for this one. I, again, I apologize because I, I try to mix up doing you know topics for beginners or people that are just getting into it and try to mix in some stuff for people that maybe have been in the hobby for a while and just some overall topics that kind of appeal to everybody. But this one, I really, I've been kind of holding off on for a while because I figured it would be a narrow audience but what I'm hoping will come out of it is when I throw this up on Facebook, I'm hoping other people will chime in. I am not the be-all, end-all authority on getting over a fear of tarantulas. Maybe some people have other methods that they've used that have helped them get over I'm just kind of using my own experiences and things I've heard from other people to kind of put together a blueprint for what it looks like and how long it can take. But please, I need other people's experience. Let me know. How long did it take you to get over them? How did you originally get over true spiders? Maybe I'll put some questions when I post this up that I want people to respond to. And hopefully we get some people to chime in so that folks that are getting into the hobby that that email me and go hey, how do I get over these? I can go, you know what? Here's a Facebook post, read the comments, listen to this podcast, and this should help you on your way. So again, as always, I really do appreciate everybody taking the time to listen. I honestly can't say that enough because I didn't think this podcast was ever going to find an audience. I know I keep harping on that, but it's just when I look at the number, I have a thing that tells me basically how many listeners I got, and it just creeps up every week, which I find to be amazing because Again, I didn't think this was going to go anywhere. So thanks. I really do appreciate I appreciate everybody takes the time to comment. And uh, as always, you can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Tom's Big That'll about do it for this one. And I'll catch you guys all next time.